All right, we are back live Friday, BES, D-Wing, with the B-Day Kids. Uh, and we are going to be listening and reading Chapter 5 from The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise by D- Dan Gemeinhart. And again, we are here live with the B-Day Kids. Say hey, B-Day Kids. Hey. Um, so we're reading Chapter 5. Before we do, there were two really big events that happened in Chapter 4. Uh, what was one of them? Yeah, Ashlyn, nice and long. Yeah, he ran away and came back, and Rodeo gave him a big, snuggly hug and kiss. What was the other one that happened before that? Yeah, Meg. Yeah, it looks like Ivan is here to stay. He outlasted his 500-mile test like a, like a, what did they say? Like a, they would try records or they would try new fragrances, so I guess he's... Better than some of the records and fragrances they've tried. Anyway, chapter five. We stayed that night in a campground in a place called Turquoise Lake in Colorado. It was a real, honest-to-goodness campground with numbered camping spots and picnic tables and crusty metal fire pits. The second we came to a stop in an empty camping spot, I was out the door, Ivan in my arms, ready to go exploring. I wandered down to the lake, sniffing at the smells of cooking hot dogs and toasting marshmallows, dodging the kids zipping around on bikes. I steered clear of a kid-crowded gravelly beach full of splashing swimmers, knowing Ivan wouldn't appreciate all that ruckus and horseplay. Instead, I found a little quiet spot off by itself where the lake lapped up under the shade of some trees. I kicked off my flip-flops, sat down on a log, and slipped my feet into the coolness of the water. Ivan wriggled out of my hands and stepped with cautious paws along the long bobbing oh along the log, bobbing his head curiously at the water. Oh my god. The voice made me jump just about out of my skin. I jerked back so fast I nearly tumbled backward off the log. It rocked underneath me, and Ivan crouched low, digging his claws into the wood. Once we were both steady, I looked up to where the wor- the words had come from. There was a girl, about my own age, sitting up in the tree above us. She was resting in the crook of two branches, a book held open on one knee. She had, a round, she had round horn-rimmed glasses and a look of utter seriousness on her face. I'm sorry if I scared you, she said, but that is the cutest kitten I have ever seen. I smiled up at her. That's probably true, I said back. They don't come much cuter. Can I hold him? she asked, and I shrugged and nodded, and she closed her book with a snap and hopped right down to join us. I scooped up Ivan and held him out to her. She tossed her book back into the bushes and took Ivan nice and gently, just like you oughta. She spun him around so they were facing each other. Ivan hung limp in her hands, looking right back in her wide eyes. Oh, man, she breathed. I'm, like, dying from cuteness. What's his name? Ivan, I answered. After the book, you know. The one and only Ivan? Are you kidding me? That's like my favorite book. (laughs) Me too, I said, warming right up to that girl. There's nothing like a good book for bringing folks together. I jutted my chin at her book lying in the bushes. I'm sure you noticed that I picked up voices for these characters. Do any of you do that when you're reading? Yeah, it gives them kind of a life and gives them uh, kind of like a separation between the other characters in your mind. So if you haven't, give it a try when you're reading next. What you reading now? I asked her, and she answered, Anne of Green Gables. 
And I said, oh Lord, I love Anne of Green Gables. And she grinned at me and cocked her head and said, want to come up to our camper for dinner? We're having tofu sausages. And then she and my, are, then she saw my are you serious face and she assured me they're way better than they sound. Pretty yummy actually. And I shrugged and said, sure. And then I asked, can I bring Ivan? And she smiled and said, you better. And I laughed and stood up and we, t we headed off together. And that was that. Sometimes making friends is tough, and sometimes it's as simple as finding someone who loves books and kittens as much as you do. The girl's name was Fiona, and even though she gave me a look and I told her I went by Coyote, oh, I thought she said her name was Fiona. I was like, no way. Okay. And I told her I went by Coyote, and she didn't make a big deal out of it. Always a good sign in a human being. We spent that afternoon mostly at her family's site, playing with Ivan and comparing favorite books and avoiding her little brothers. Her family was her mom and her dad and her two little brothers, Alex and Avery, who were kind of annoying but mostly cute. And Fiona was right. Tofu sausages, if you put enough ketchup on them, aren't half bad. After dinner, her dad took the boys down to the lake to burn off some energy, and it was just me and Fiona sitting around the table and talking. Fiona's mom puttered around, tidying up the campsite and jumping into the conversation from time to time. It felt like a family, like a sister and a mom. I liked it. What's the author giving us here? By putting Coyote in this family with this sister and this mom. What do you think that Coyote wants in this situation that kind of connects to something we already know about her? Yeah. I mean, she wants a sibling. Jarrett, did you want to add something? Yeah, like, does she really like the Yeah, way to connect to an earlier part of the book with the boys at the gas station that she said she wouldn't mind seeing again. And I'm remembering too that we had realized one of the themes in this book, one of the big topics, is loneliness. And so we're getting that again here and seeing kind of what she's looking for. I wouldn't have been able to, and or willing to admit it right then, that it felt like that, or that I liked it, but it did. And I did. Fiona and me mostly just gabbed about books, but we also covered other important topics like favorite pizza toppings, or the worst songs on the radio, and national politics. Ivan scampered around us, sniffing for food and batting at anything that caught his eye. I was having a fine time, right up until Fiona heaved a big yawn and griped, Man, I'm tired. Avery and Alex claim to be afraid of the dark whenever we're camping. Wherever... Oh, sorry. Whenever we're camping, and they kept the flashlight on practically all night. So annoying. I know all about that, I said, pulling Ivan back from the bag of marshmallows he was sniffing. I guess I was all swept up in the relaxed family vibe they were throwing off because I kept talking without even thinking about it. My sisters used to always keep the hall light on and... But then I caught myself. And I stopped quick and tried to think of something to change the subject. But it was too late. I didn't know you had sisters. Oh, I didn't know you had sisters. It's Fiona's mom. Fiona's mom cut in with a smile. Are they here camping with you? No, ma'am, I whispered, shooting a careful look up at our campsite. I squeezed Ivan into a tight hug and kissed his head before letting him go. Where are they? I swallowed. I looked up toward Rodeo in our bus. I knew I shouldn't answer. I knew I should come up with an excuse and make a gracious exit. But there was no way Rodeo would be able to hear me. And maybe they didn't want 
to leave my new friend. Maybe I didn't want to leave my new friend and her nice mom. There's nothing wrong with that, right? So I answered her with the truth. But it came out stuttery and still at a whisper. Where do you think they are? Maybe they're at the campsite? Her sisters? No. They're hanging out with Rodeo? No, probably not, right? Where do you guys think these sisters... What do you think she's going to answer? Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe they're with their mom somewhere else, or they're dead. Two plausible theories. Let's see. They're, they're dead, ma'am. They were killed in a car accident five years ago. I could feel Fiona and her mom's eyes on me, but I kept mine on Ivan waiting for the night to slide back into the nice, easy, normal it had been before. Come on, Coyote, as if. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's just awful. How awful. I wanted to say something breezy and light, and I even opened my mouth, but for once I came up short. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw her mom put her hands on Fiona's shoulder, pulling her close, and a little from-behind hug that made me sort of ache in a weird, quiet way. I just can't imagine, her mom said, her voice faltering. If something ever happened to Fiona or the boys, I'd just, well, I don't even know. I can't imagine how your mother dealt with such a loss. I flicked a ball of tinfoil, sending it skittering off the table. Ivan scrambled after it in hot pursuit. I kept my eyes down on Ivan. I have to make sure I know who's reading. Well then, I guess she was lucky, ma'am. She died in the accident, too. So she didn't have anything to deal with. Suppose the loss was all me and my dad's. Since there was another silence, there was another silence, stiff and heavy. I wished Fiona would say something. I could feel her looking at me still, wordless, and I didn't like it. I ain't broken. I ain't fragile. And that's that. Finally, I managed to swallow down whatever feelings had gotten stuck in my craw. I brought my eyes up, wide and daring and ready to meet Fiona's, and flashed her a smile. Hey, want to come see our site? I asked. Fiona was biting her bottom lip, but she raised her eyebrows and gave me an eager nod. Where's your family staying, honey? Her mom asked, and her voice was different than it had been all night. And I was now, and now I was ready to get out of there and away from her careful voice and sympathetic eyes. We're just three spots up by the end of the campground, host. Her mom's eyebrows shot up. That big yellow bus? That's your camper? How hilarious. Ooh. <laughs> so Coyote's feeling pretty bad about herself right now. Yikes. I wasn't exactly sure what was so hilarious about it, but I nodded anyway. Yes, ma'am, that there's Jaeger, built to carry up to 56 children and a driver, but we're ret we've retrofitted her, of course, and taken out most of the seats. That's just so interesting, her mom said. What an idea. Do you camp in it often? Jeez. I shrugged. Mostly during the summer. The rest of the year we usually just pull off and park in a lot when it's bedtime. Her mom's smile dimmed noticeably. You mean you... You live in that bus all the time? Yes, ma'am. Half of the last five years. You don't have a home? I frowned. Of course we do. It's parked right up there. Oh. Yes, well, <clears throat> she cleared her throat. So it's just you and your dad living on the bus. And Ivan, I said, holding him up with a smile. Of course, she said back, 
but her smile looked pretty thin at the edges and her voice was more careful than ever. She stretched her neck up a bit, looking toward our sight. Is that your dad there, up on the table? I stood up, and sure enough, there was Rodeo, sitting up on top of the picnic table, strumming away at his guitar. He was shirtless, naturally, and he untied his hair from the sloppy braid he'd had it in all day, so it was poofed out, all wild and frizzy around his head. Yes, ma'am, I said, setting Ivan on my shoulder, but don't tell him that. That's the second time she said to someone, don't tell him that. Don't tell Rodeo that he's my dad. There's something there. I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. I looked away from her with a frown down at Fiona. Come on, I'll show you my library. Fiona started to stand up, but... But what? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, her mom's all of a sudden become super wary about this whole situation with Coyote and her dad and the bus. So I'm, I'm, I'm with Saber, and I think her mom's probably going to stop her. Fiona started to stand up, but her mom still had her in that backwards hug, and she kept her hands on her shoulders, holding her down. Actually, hon, it's pretty late. Time to start getting ready for bed, I think. Fiona scowled. What? Come on, Mom, it's not even dark yet. I'm sorry, her mom said firmly, then looked at me. But maybe you could come down and join us for lunch tomorrow. I knew the game. I'd seen how she looked at Rodeo, and I knew how he probably looked to her. It wasn't her fault, not really. She hadn't met him yet, hadn't gotten close enough, and hadn't seen his eyes. She didn't know that if she actually did meet him, Rodeo would probably become one of her favorite people. I didn't hold it against her. None of us knows what we don't know, I guess. Thank you for having me for dinner, I said, and I gave her a real smile, too. Want to swim tomorrow morning? Fiona asked. Now here's the thing. I knew I wouldn't be doing any swimming in the morning. Rodeo had his heart set on some Eastern Carolina barbecue, and we were making tracks that way as fast as we could. We'd be pulling out the next day before sunrise when Fiona and her family would still be asleep. But here's another thing. I know goodbyes. And I hate goodbyes. The best kind of a goodbye is the kind you don't even say. Ooh. I'm going to come back to that. So I smiled at Fiona and gave her a big nod. Absolutely. She grinned at me. Awesome. Come down after breakfast. You got it. See you then. I thanked her mom and gave Fiona a hug and then walked off up the road. And that right there was the perfect goodbye in my book. Easy cheesy. I walked back up to my freak dad in our hilarious, horrifying home and I didn't have downcast eyes or any sort of heavy heart. Nope. It was all right. It was all right. There was nothing to cry about. There was nothing to cry about. Sure, I would have liked to have a good another day there. Sure, I would have liked to hang out with Fiona and talk about books and share she- secrets and build forts. Sure, but that didn't matter. We always kept moving, Rodeo and me. That's the way it was. That's the way it had been for years. That's the way it was going to be always, I thought. That's the way it had to be, I thought. I had no way of knowing right then that it was all about to change. In a huge way. Bum, bum, bum. So big cliffhanger there. Lots to think about in this chapter. Lots of emotions stirring around in Coyote here. Anyway, we'll see you next time for chapter six. Thank you for listening in. If you're listening in, have a great day. Goodbye, everybody.